The Final Furlong Podcast with Emma Kennedy is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now. And they are the GOATs. They are seriously cool people. And they will be taking bets in the Breeders' Cup as well, so you can request prices with them. They will match and guarantee best prices. Uh, it's best odds guaranteed, and you will beat the sportsbook. Plus, Kaluki, they ain't messing around with no casinos. That's why we love the fact that we're working with them. After everybody we spoke to, they stood out a mile. Do you know who else stands out a mile? Author of Weatherby's excellent Jumpers to Follow for 2021-2022. It is the one and only Paul Ferguson. Hi, Emma. Good to be back. Who has to be on when Aintree is here because your native track is on, mate. We have to have you on for that. Uh, but also Jumpers to Follow as well. So uh, how has Jumpers to Follow been going so far? Um, just an indication of how many winners, uh, listeners who haven't taken the option yet, have missed out on and um, what's to come? Uh, well, in terms of leading, the 40 leading prospects, the first six won. Well, the first five won and two clashed in a novice hurdle at Bangor. One won and one fell, went upside. So um, it's been a little bit slower since then. And LS Bell was beaten today um, at Newbury, unfortunately. But um, seven winners from 14 runners in that main section of the book. Uh, plenty of other winners elsewhere. Um, there was a nice price winner at Chepstow yesterday, Helios Allen who was only, only selected two horses from the Nick Williams yard. He was one of them. Um, he won at 18 to 1 yesterday, so hopefully a few of the readers were on at a nice price there. Get in! That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Uh, if you've not made the purchase yet, you can right now. Head to weatherbyshop.co.uk. The book is so good, it is the first thing you see when you head there. All right, there is the whole Betrends VIP membership, but the second thing you see is Paul Ferguson's Jumpers to Follow. It's look, it's an essential read. Um, so weatherbyshop.co.uk, uh, head there now and get your hands on Paul Ferguson's Jumpers to Follow for the 2021-2022 season. You can do it as I have it in the digital edition. You can get the physical copy of the book. If you want to go old school, you can even buy the bundle. It is there for you now. And to remind us, there is that final Furlong Podcast gravy discount, Paul Ferguson. It is, yeah. It's JTF21FF. Which is incredibly fair, by the way. Incredibly fair. All uh, right, let's talk about your native track, so, entry. And uh, we're going over the Grand National Fences for the Grand Sefton Handicap. Uh, Kaluki are going six places and uh, are currently, uh, the betting in front of me is uh, nine to two, about time to get up, five to one. About Cat Tiger, eleven to two, senior citizen. Hogan's height is eights. Uh, Thomas McDonough tens. Spyglass Hill coming over from the Henry de Bromhead yard is ten to one uh, with five star getaway twelves and Kaluki Sportsbook go twelves about Sir Jack Yates. To fair to say that there's two horses there at the top of the betting uh, that are going to three, I suppose you could say that are going to get a lot of attention, but it's a very open renewal. It is, yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I think we should touch on the fact that the Grand Sefton is usually 
the second race on Beachy Chase card over the National Fences. So it gets its own card, so to speak, in its own right for the first time this year with the race being brought for for the month. And I think that's key, really. I think some of the horses who were entered and not necessarily declared. Um, Emma Lavelle's horse being one, perhaps thinking it was on the slower side. But I think a lot of connections might have been thinking the ground um, would have been better, say, than it would have been a month later at the start of December. So um, that's going to be key as well. We had a lot of rain here in Aintree early on in the week from the end of last weekend. And uh, yesterday they were still saying the ground was soft, heavy in places, where today it's been changed to, I think it's soft all over on the Grand National course. And it's soft, good to soft place in the hurdles course. So um, it's something to bear in mind. And we've had another dry, sunny day. So perhaps it'll continue to dry out. And that might well have a factor in this race, I would think. Who do you like? Who do you want to side with here? Uh, we'll just start touching on the, the three you mentioned at the top of the market. Uh, I think time to get up to the most intriguing runner. Um, obviously won the Midlands Grand National um, on his last start last season. And that form was Frank the Mighty Thunder came out on the Scottish National. Um, but he took an eternity to get there that day. Um, under John Joe Jr. I just wonder if the trip might be on the sharp side for him at two mile five. Uh, he actually ran in a novice handicap chase on this card a year ago um, and he was kind of ran off his feet and ran on late to take third behind Canelo who was also in the JP colours. Uh, so I just uh, I'd have a slight concern about the trip for him unless the ground was really testing but as I say it looks like it's going to start to dry out a little bit. Um, so he'd be, he'd be the one of us to keep an eye on I think in the race with the future in mind, looking at the Grand National, he's probably the one potential Grand National contender in there. Um, but I just just wonder if I'll be on the sharp side for him on Saturday. Um, in contrast, senior citizen would be a horse who would want it as quick as possible. Quite whether he's going to get his ground also is another matter. Um, but he's run twice over the fences, um, shaped well enough in the top um, in the spring. And, and obviously, Ronald's a good, good winner at market raising last time. I'd expect him to go well, but I say he would he would genuinely want a um, decent a decent service, and I'm not sure he's going to get it. Uh, I've come down out of those at the top of the market. I think Cat Tiger on the day is the most interesting. Um, he's also, I was quite keen on for the Fox Hunters of the Grand National meeting. He's obviously going into stronger company, but he was officially raised at 142 before that run of Fox Hunters, and he's down to a mark of 134 now. Um, I think he's on a fair mark to win a decent handicap somewhere at some point. He jumped well until I think it was four out. He made quite a serious header when he pecked on land and probably knocked the stuff out of him a bit. Um, if I was forced to take one towards the top of the market, he'd be the one I'd be favouring. I'd just say, and, and without being disrespectful at all to um, Mr Maxwell, his, his jockey, he's only claiming three now and he's in here against the, the top boys. You know, he's he's it's you've got to factor that in when you're thinking about a horse who's five to one. Um, he doesn't ride as often as some of the other amateurs. So um, obviously he's had, he had a spin today at, at Newbury um, earlier in the day. But that, again, that is something to factor in with a short price horse. Um, you, you, you're taking a, taking on trust is um, that he obviously is, he's, he's not as good as some of the other jockeys in the race. And, and it, it, it is something to, to bear in mind. Further down, if you're looking for a bit of value, Hogan's Heights obviously won the race a couple of years ago. Um, he's four pounds higher now, but I think this probably looks a slightly stronger race to be, to be truthful. His stablemate, Thomas McDonough, would be again, I'm just going to touch on a couple depending on the grounds here. Thomas McDonough would be one who wants deep ground, really. So, um, earlier in the week, I had him in mind for the race, but say as it starts to dry out, whether it'll be soft enough for him. But he's also, I think, he'll take to the fences. He, he likes to race prominently. This is his kind of trip. Um, I'd expect him to, to take to the to take to course. 
Um, but to say possibly the one I'd come down on, but I would want it to dry out a little bit more because I do think he's at his best on better ground, his five-star getaway. Um, he rattled up uh, a quick hat-trick last year um, in Obviously, he started off in lowly company at Wincant and he won off for Mark in 94 that day. He bolted up again at Sandown. I know it was soft that day. Um, but I do think he is at his best on good or good to soft. He's our half-brother to uh, both three stars and Sword and Glory, of course, won last weekend. And we know he's at his best on a sound surface. Um, the end of last season, he finished seventh in um, a much stronger race at air. But I think possibly it was four runs in a short space of time as much as anything caught him out that day. Dublin 4 came out of that race and won today, so I think that was a strong, relatively strong piece of form. Um, and I think he, he was blowing the cobwebs away at Chepstow, to be honest, and with, with this race very much in mind. His, his two owners are local to Liverpool, uh, Carl Hinchy and Mark Scott. So Carl likes to have a plan. I'm pretty sure the five-star gets always been mapped out for this race for some time and say, just if the ground dries out again, he, he's, he's a bold jumping um, horse who likes to race prominently, and that's what you want over the national fences on these races over two mile five with one circuit you want something that'll be up there hold the position with a good round of jumping um, I think he'll take to he's about 25 to 1 earlier in the week he's he's half those odds now 12s and I see his single figures in some places so I think if the, the sun continues to shine I think he'll go off um, a good bit shorter but uh, yeah, he'd, be, he'd be the one he'd be an intriguing one at a, at a relatively reasonable price I'd say Amounts of preparation that I've been doing for the last few days between the Breeders' Cup uh, Talksport 2 today and um, the weekend's jumping action, which is really good. Uh, the two horses that I'd selected for this race on runners. Fantastic. <laughs> Morning Vicar and Caribbean Boy, gone. Which kind of leaves me with the West's Awake as just an intriguing runner because I can't get uh, the pro form info for Saturday because we're recording on Thursday. I think they would give me more accurate info, but the Racing Post Runners to Form Guide, he's at 100%. And he is an intriguing horse in that he has, now and then, he's run a big race. Like there was, was it a year ago, he was not that far behind in the in the Galway, in the Galway play. Yeah, behind early doors in, in Galway at a, at a massive price. Um, fourth behind Carabay, Carabay Queen for our good friend Jess Stafford back in, in 2020. But you're going back to 2020. That's the thing, is that you're you're going back to, the, to that time. He, he did run a decent enough race in in August. Does he need better ground? Like, would he be okay on, on this softer ground? And is he a horse that you think would take to national fences? Uh, yeah, he's, he's not one that's ever sprung sprung to me in mind, thinking I watched him, thinking I wouldn't mind seeing him come across to Aintree. He did, he did come over for them um, this meeting a couple of years ago on the mild make horse in a race that Carl and actually won with rides on the store. Um, handicapped that day on the mild make horse. But yeah, he's never, he's, ne- he's never been one that I've watched him thinking, yeah, I'd be be waiting to see him over a national fence. But yeah, I think I would have thought he he's been penciled in for the race when it was brought forward, thinking perhaps the ground will still be good. He's been on the go through the summer. Maybe it was the it, the idea was keep him on the go, and this this will be his last race, so to speak, before giving a break. Um, looking ahead to next spring, but maybe he won't quite get get his ground. I say the same at the minute. It's still soft on the national course, um, but there is no rain expected until Saturday, so. It's it's touch and go which way it'll go. I think, but I I don't think it'll be. I don't think I certainly don't think it'll be good ground anyway. Which, as you say, is is his preferred service. Yeah, I'd want a bigger price, and I just sometimes horses really thrive when they go to the national fences for the first time. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So they do. Sometimes, sometimes it just lights up for them. You know. But, yeah. Um, as I say, I, I 
couple that I think might fall into that category are Thomas McDonald and Five Star Getaway, just because of the, the way they like to get on with it. They, they like to race handy um, and they've got a good jump in them. So, yeah, I'd be looking towards them too. Well, then they are the two we're going with. Uh, Thomas McDonough and Five Star Getaway with Kaluki Sportsbook are currently Five Star Getaway 12s. Uh, which is by far the one you're favouring, and uh, Thomas McDonough, who yeah. you've given a very decent mention for as well, for Jamie Snowden and Gavin Sheehan, is 10 to 1. The second race that we're going to talk about at uh, Liverpool is the 320, the Betway Hurdle, over 2 mile 4. we got Bruin Up a Storm for Ollie Murphy, um, Wild About Oscar for Dan Skelton, Somerville Boy uh, for Tom George, and uh, the old favourite Liz Nagar Oscar, uh, Stairs Hurdle winner, back in the day. Uh, in action here as well. First of all, should we just mention that you do have a connection to Run Up a Storm? Uh, yeah, slight vested interest in this race, to say the least. Yeah, um, You may be Barbara biased. Hester, oh, yeah. Barbara Hester, who owns Brewing Up a Storm, um, I do a little bit of advising and uh, look at the form and things for her. So, yeah, I'll be, she was lucky enough to have a couple of winners last week, which was good when we were on course. I'll be there with her on Saturday. So, um, yeah, slight vested interest. No, but I'll, I'll certainly take a look at the, the uh, the race with um with an impartial hat on. Of course you will. And with that in mind, <laughs> uh give us your idea of the winner. Yeah, Bruno up a storm wins. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think he's he's got a good he's, there's a good chance he will win. I think he deserves to be favourite now with I was concerned about Dusas and the entries he hasn't been declared this yeah. morning. So um I'm hope, I was quite hopeful that he might go to Kenton instead for handicap on Monday where he's entered. So um yeah, I think that I think the market's about right. To be honest, I think obviously Martello Sky is the outsider. She's got plenty to find. Uh, Liz Nagara, Oscar, and if the cap fits further down the market, both of those are stayers now. I just wonder if perhaps if they've got the um, tactical pace over two and a half miles around entries. Say that the hurdles track is the drier of the, the three tracks, so um, conditions should be should be fine. Uh, so that leaves you with Bruin Upstorm, Somerville Boy, Wild about Oscar. Bruin's got to give away. Four pounds wild about Oscar, who won the novice hurdle on this card last year, um, and six pounds Somerville Boy, who won this race last year. Uh, for me, Somerville Boy would be the one to beat in receipt of the six pounds if he reproduces um, the form of that he did last year. But I, I would have a concern about the, the form of Tom George. He hasn't really um, got got going yet, so to speak. So. No, it hasn't really clicked. After after he won this race last year, he, I thought Johnny better give him a fine ride in this race. He dictated things from the front, and he might he might try and do the same again because there's not necessarily too much pace in the race. I assume Liz and the guy Oscar will probably go on, but I don't think it'll be a, a wildly strongly gallop. Um, then he stepped up to three miles, then dropped back to 2-1 for the um, international or the old Beulah. Um, and then he, he was slightly disappointed when we last seen him um, at Kempton in January. I think again, he's he's got a, he's got a bit of an absence to overcome. He obviously, had an issue why he missed the spring um, and the stable stable form. So it does does lead me to think that um, with all these horses going so well, that um, Bruin Upperstorm will run his race. Um, and if he if he if he puts his best foot forward, uh, I think there's a good chance that he might just be able to give the weight away. Can I make the case for if the cap fits? And actually, go ahead. I'm going to make you make the case for if the cap fits. I'm just going to provide you with some brief data. Is it? Is course forms good? Is course forms rock solid over three miles. That's one. Um, Two yeah, is on. the fact that this time of year he thrives. So he made his debut in November of uh, 2016 
and won. Um, he won a year later in November. Um, won first in October and then in, in November. Uh, was second to Verdana Blue, of which in 2018 there was nothing wrong with that. Uh, in 2019, he beat Call Me Lord. And uh, in 2020, he uh, beat Fiddler on the Roof convincingly. Uh, and was then second to Pim. Now, obviously, the chasing was abandoned and they went back to hurdles. There's also the fact that Harry Fry's horses just were not in form last season, but they're in big-time yeah. form this year. And I just wonder if he's a horse that, at the current prices, if he's just a little bit too big. Possibly, yeah. I, 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 I take the points on board about um, this being his time of year and his record freshes, but I'd say that race when he beat Fiddler on the roof of Foss last, last year, if I remember that rightly, was a bit of a... Um, they were all trying to throw it away, and I think he came from behind and ended up winning. But um, I, I just the, the concern I had with it with him and Lisner Garros to say is if they'd have the tactical pace for this race, if they go slower um, early doors now and at this stage of their career. Um, obviously, th- there were some of the races you've alluded to there earlier on in his career, he was he was fine at two and a half miles, even started off over two miles. Now, you say that what year was that when three years ago when he was runner up to Vadana Blue in the elite hurdle. Um, on the correspondent weekend so yeah I think he'd be fine he's certainly fine on the track and and, um, and the ground the ground won't be an issue to him as you say the stable in form but that's just the, the thought I had with the, with those two and we're looking at the entries through the week was whether he would have whether he would still retain the speed um, to be competitive in a decent race like this over two and a half um, but as you say yeah, in terms of prices he's he'd be, he'd be, he'd be the one out of the the three outsiders, so to speak, you had for most. Yeah. Okay. So for you, Bruno Storm is the most likely winner. Yeah, I say I think given six pounds to Summerville Boy would be a task if if Summerville Boy was on his game, but I'd be concerned about the form of the Tom George yard. So um, yeah, I'm hopeful that uh, Bruno Storm might be able to do it tomorrow. Okay. Saturday even Saturday Saturday um, getting too excited there you go yeah that's the thing uh, and I'm hoping that the six pound weight advantage is going to swing and if the cap fits favour uh, Harry Fry just keeps banging in the winners um, we're moving away from Liverpool much to the disappointment of um, Paul Ferguson as we head to win Canton it's the John Romans Park Holmes Rising Stars Novices Chase Grade 2 and this is going to be a real tough one. Ooh. Uh, we got Favor, where Kaluki Bet go 5 to 1. Mick Pastor, 6 to 1. Captain Tomcat, 12s. 25s about Jackamar. Uh, Gioli is our goalie. I have no idea. I don't even care. Uh, 33s. And then there's, of course, with Kaluki Bet, Brave Man's Game. The price that I was given is four to seven. I think you'll do better. I think you will do better than four to seven with Kaluki bet. And they will they will lay a bet. Proper bet. Yeah, tough one, isn't it? I mean, how do you how do you even where do you start? How how far does he win by? Uh yeah, I'd be disappointed if he doesn't if Brave Man's game doesn't win this, to be honest. I say he's another one who's got to give weight away, he's got to give three pounds away. Um I know last time people were looking at the fact that he was in receipt of plenty of weight in an intermediate chase when he made his chase debut. But weight aside, if you just watch the race back and just see how well he jumped, um, I think it was that that element that got people excited more than the actual facts and figures of how far he beat Fusil Raffles in receipt of 
12 pounds um don't see an issue with the with the course fusil uh, raffles who's come um, out in one since obviously i was obviously a fortunate winner last week with, yeah yeah um, but the fact that paul was putting him in against experienced sources that was the thing that really caught my eye yes it's something that's, that's done more more and more these days i think they obviously the way it's allowance a debutant gets in one of those intermediate chases. A Hoysenor was another example last weekend. Obviously, a Hoysenor had beaten Brave Man's game at Aintree at the end of last season. I was I was slightly um, surprised that Lucinda Russell took him out at Weatherby. Obviously, they didn't think the ground was um, suitable there and pitched him into what was a really good renewal of the Colin Parker on Sunday. Um, that's obviously digressing a little here from the no, no, no. It's a great point. Brave man's game, so it was easier. He had much easier because I was covering that, um, and I was I was talking to um, uh, the point to point expert who was uh, on on air for us on on the day, and he was saying the big hope for Britain is Ahoy Senor, and um, we were we were talking about the fact that the horse was running at that point he was he was still in and then at the last second he, he came out and obviously that would have been a much easier task for him and then he goes in against hotter company and look when he when he did unseat or whatever you want to call it uh he was well held at the time hey he, he was held, he was held and he jumped well he was a bit sticky early on he, he he warmed to the task i thought and then probably just about getting outpaced when when he came down and he, he just got in a little bit tight and clipped the top two out and um, once he's a Derek Fox but I don't think it was um, a bad run by any means but had he gone to Weatherby I think especially the way they that race ended up on the, the day um, two days earlier it was would have been a much easier task for him but um, Brave Man's game yeah going back to his performance in Newton Abbott as I say um, for me it was the it was more the the style over substance of the actual facts and figures of how far in what weight he received and how far he won. It was just the fact that he went round there and jumped um, so accurately first time out. He's always looked like a horse who would be better over a fence, and it's always nice to see him go and do that on debut. Um, and yeah, it's unoriginal, um, but I think we can move on pretty quickly from this race. I think I think we'd be pretty disappointed down at Ball's Yard if he doesn't follow up and win quite impressively to be honest I think he sets the standard in terms of the UK staying novice chasers and a very lofty standard that the Irish horses are going to have to come up to as well for that matter um, I'm hoping it's going to be the the RSA or the festival novices chase is going to be his, his ultimate target uh, and if you want to hear us talk about the tote tend to follow and who you should put in and strategy uh, that podcast may be available now or it's available a little bit later on. It's Rory DeLarge, Jamie Benson and myself talking all about the Toe Tent to Follow and how you can win it and the ways to win it. And don't forget there's monthly prizes as well. And uh, we're doing another Final Forum Podcast mini league. So let's go. Let's go. Let's get the gravy because Jamie went nuts towards the end and said, yeah, we'll give away 500 quid in free bets to whoever wins the Final Forum Podcast mini league. And then he goes, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I was like, too late, Jamie, too late. You're done now. That's it. I'm not taking that out. That's the days in. Um, yeah, Brave Man's game is very exciting. And uh, and wins. And of course, really, the conversation shouldn't be about this race. It should be about how much you and I are requesting to get on with uh, Kaluki bet for the 2022 King George. <laughs> He's a lot, that was a long way off. I'd find it interesting, actually. I think one of the key elements of Saturday's race again 
is how impressive he is if he does go and win of course over two and a half because Paul Nichols has already gone on at the start of the season the, the obvious race for him was the Corso star or the Feltham on Boxing Day I think we mentioned in one of the earlier pods I was on um, but after he won at Newton I think connections might be less inclined to be rushing to go three miles so if he if he comes out and wins really impressively again I just wonder if they might consider um, a different target over, over Christmas and maybe not stretch them as, as early in the season as going three miles. It'd be interesting to see um, or to listen to the uh, post-race interviews with um, Paul's obviously a big day for the stable because they've got Napa's Hill running again and, and one of the novice hurdles there at Wincanton. So yeah. um, a couple of his bigger, younger lights um, on show. Obviously won the first three races today at Newbury, so he's uh, the stable's in flying form. He's doing all right. They're doing okay. You know, they're, they're, they're having a, a decent enough season. Uh, he's a hugely exciting prospect, and I'm delighted for John Dance as well that he's got such a exciting jumper on his hands. But this was always going to be his career. But that headline in the Racing Post, it was it was the front page as well, wasn't it? Is he the 2022 King George winner? Get the fuck out of here, for goodness' sake! Yeah, I, I think everyone's latched onto the fact though. I think Paul will be the first to say it now. That it was kind of words put in his mouth after he won the challenge that he was. He was referring to him as them, and he, he didn't actually. If you actually listen to that interview back, all he said was well, he he'd done the same as him to that point and won that race like them and had. Yeah, he mentioned. I, I, I actually made it, the point at that time. He mentioned Denman four times, but he didn't compare him to Denman. He just mentioned. No, Denman he didn't compare him at all, and then, and then everyone's latched onto that now. And so, um, obviously, the the horse has that has that slung on him every time he runs or every time he's won and things. And I did think it was a bit over the top to. To start going on about the King George when after he'd won the first time out at Newton Abbott in what 14, 15 months in advance. So he might have listened. I, I hope he develops into that kind of horse and um, and he's there in a year's time going going that, that route. But uh, as as do I mean there's plenty of there's plenty of, there's, there's plenty of good races for him to be to be winning beforehand, including including Saturday's grade two. Exactly. In the words of Oshin Murphy, clickbait. 225 is the Richard Barber Memorial Mayor's Handicap Hurdle. Uh, the last of the Cheveley Park horses over jumps in the UK. Correct Paul and I if we're wrong, because both of us think that. I'm not putting words in your mouth, Paul. I uh, no, I think it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. She is, yeah. I think mm-hmm. she is I think she is the, the only remaining one. Um they used to have a couple in training with Nikki Henderson, but um, at the minute, I believe Rose of Arcade is the only the only horse they have in training. All in Ireland, yeah, baby! Yeah. All in Ireland. Uh, so right. right, it's a it's an open betting heat. Um, Fergal O'Brien has the favourite with Petty Brennan on board. Um, what's your play here? Uh, to start with, um, the favourite. I actually thought she's stepping up in grade, and um, I thought I thought last year she kind of she was at. At her level, but she was she was pretty impressive at Ludlow. Uh, right-handed track, two mile five, good ground. This pretty is much exactly the condition. Yeah, I didn't want to try and pronounce her name. I'd, I knew <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were trying to just throw me under the bus, so I just said you may as well just do it, Kennedy. Just get it over. With. Yeah. Um, so pretty much ideal conditions. Uh, your other thoughts on Saturday. Um, so she's going to be able to step up to the plate and win a decent mare's handicap. I would imagine that she she could go. She should go close really because. Fergal's in great form. Um, say conditions are pretty much identical to when she won. Put up a career best at Ludlow last time, and she looked to win with plenty of hand that day. So I don't think a six pound 
rise is um, is too harsh. And so I can see why she's favoured. She probably deserves that. Um, Rose of Arcadia was one of my leading prospects last year, and she had a slightly disappointing season, which you could probably say for a lot of the Colin Tizard horses. So um, given the form that he's been in, the stable has been in the past week or so, Fiddler on the Roof, um, Eldorado Alan winning uh, the Holden Cold Cup the other day. I still think there's hope um, that there's more to come from this. Mayor. I thought she would have gone straight chasing, but I noticed the other day in the stable, so they said they were going to go for this race and then she'll go over fences. I think 119, I think I think she she I think she's a fair bit better than that, or she could be a fair bit better than that. Um, but the, the one concern I would have with, with Saturday is the good ground because all of her pretty much her two good runs at this track last year were on soft and heavy. She won on heavy over this course and distance. Um if if Wincanton's hit with rain, I think it'd sway things in her favour if the ground went on the easy side. Um whereas I say Unda Lesson senior would prefer much quicker conditions. Um, so I can see why they're them two at the top of the markets. Uh, Rose of Arcadia is the is the most interesting filly in the race for me going forward for the season. And she'd be the one I'd be looking at. Um, the other one I just wanted to touch on was um, Jeremy Scott's kisses for Katie, who's got a fine record at the track. Um, she's gone well here previously, and. She was she ran she ran a fine race here actually against Carrie's commodity when we last seen her, but that was November um twenty twenty. So we're going back. She hasn't run for a while. Normally takes a run or two um to put a spot on, which was the case that that previous season. And she ran a couple of times in May's and obviously hurdles before winning over this course and distance on the on decent ground. So again, I think conditions are in her favour. Um Jeremy Scott would be another yard that hasn't really got going at this stage though. So um it might be could easily be that she she just needs a run. Uh, but say I'd keep an eye on her in the market, like to see if there's any significant movements in her favour to suggest that she was fully wound up for this. Um because I say there would a mare's handicap hurdle over pretty much optimum conditions. There wouldn't be too many around. So I imagine it was some sort of target, but I would have preferred to preferred for her to have had a run already this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I was because Colin Tizard is actually having winners. Uh, breaking news folks. Um I was actually drawn towards Rose of Arcadia uh, and not because I didn't want to try and pronounce the favourite in the race. How do, Siri, how do we pronounce the name of Fergal O'Brien's horse? We're on Spanish as we go along. Your selection? I, I say if the rain arrives, um, I'll be with Rose of Arcadia. Okay, um, so I, say I think the, the ground, the ground's key there, though, I think. I think if it remains genuinely good ground, I think Fergal's is the one to beat. You and I are both with uh, Rose of Arcadia. This takes us to the, the Badger Ales handicap chase. So the current betting with Kaluki, Captain Ward, with uh, Christian Williams and Jack Tudor, Sevens, uh, Highland Hunter is the same price uh, for Paul Nicholson, Harry Cobden, uh, Hurricane Harvey for that man, Fergal O'Brien, uh, second run after a wind operation, 8-1, to 8-1 to one about some chaos. Again, a second run after wind up. First run after wind up for Kim Bailey's El Presidente, but his horses are not running well. Uh, Irish Prophecy is in there for Emma Lavelle at 11s. She's having a much better season. And Potterman for Alan King at 11s. Uh, we've become so used to him winning on the flats. Here he is over jumps. Right, break it down for us. Paul Ferguson, who's going to win? Uh, well, obviously, the, probably the place to start is last year's 1-2, El Presidente and Potterman. Uh, I think about £6 higher. And I think we'll probably need to take a step forward on um, on last year's form against the, the few up and coming 
horses in there. The one I like at the top of the bet and um, slightly unoriginal. Again, I'm going with um, in the hope that Christian Williams has a bit has a big day on Saturday because uh, I think Captain Nord. Again, I think the case is runner checks. There was purely to put him spot on for this. I mean, when I, I was actually down at Christian's yard um, that weekend, uh, and he did say he was. They were thinking about the Beecher chase, uh, which they still might be for Captain Ord, but um, I think so. That could be on the target foot, that could be on his agenda next month. Um, but I do think, I think, just think he's always who will land um, a nice three mile handicap at some stage. He's he's still open to play, plenty of improvements, I think, despite um, having had over 20 runs over fences. But I say, I think that I think that the case that Chepster run was just to um, put him spot on. For one of these targets, and say the start of last this time last year, November, he was he was an impressive winner at decent ground at Newbury, beating Canelo. who touched upon he'd won at this meeting at Aintree. I thought that was a decent race. Then he bumped into Royal Pagai at Kempton over Christmas. Um, obviously, Royal Pagai was particularly well handicapped at the time; it was only race at 140. Um, so Captain Or did nothing wrong there. Then he was he was placed um, in a sky bet chase, ran well. Um, in the Bet365 Gold Cup when he, when he wasn't too far behind um, Possaman and El Presente um, I think he's I just think he's got he's got more scope to go on improving this year I think so um, it'd be Captain Ord for me but the, the other one I'd just give a mention to um, I think Highland Hunter's on a fair mark for, for Paul Nichols, but I think he wants much softer ground so he'd be more interested in him in the middle of the winter um, and I'll just touch upon the other Another Colin Cesar runner of all the gin joints. Um, this time last year, I seen him make his debut offence at Aintree and he ran an eye catching race when he finished third um, in a novice handicap. I was quite taken with him physically that day and I followed him um, for his next few starts. He actually he won next time, beating a decent horse of Philip Hobson's called St. Bart's. Uh, he disappointed in the grade two. Then he travelled He travelled quite well for a long way in the National and Chase behind Galvin. Probably didn't get home. Finished fifth on Grand National Day, uh, behind Happy Go Lucky in a, in a decent race. Um, but then his form has just tailed off. He ran again at Yatok, so I could have forgiven that run because it came at the end of a long season. But he reappeared recently over hurdles and he didn't show much at all. Um, but I did go into this season thinking he was a horse that could, at some point, win a nice handicap chase over three miles. He's got first-time blinkers on. They say the stable's in better form. Just would have liked to have seen a little bit more from him on that return over hurdles that he talks as a book. Um, I'd be interested to see how he goes on Saturday. Okay. I'm quite keen to get your thoughts before I place a bet on Hurricane Harvey. I'd, I'd love a, a push from you. I know you're going in another direction, but Hurricane Harvey's awesome. I was quite sweet on, but I'd like a push from you either yeah, no, he's, off the ledge. He, he, oh, you're with me? Yeah. No, no, I, I could see him going well. To be Excellent. honest, yeah, he likes he likes decent ground. He's gone well fresh in the past. Again, I think he, I think there was a few horses that ran a Chepstow. Um, he was running over in an adequate trip. To be honest, over just shy of two two and a half miles. So uh, I, I would imagine that the, again that he was running there with a view to putting him spot on for his next target, which which you presume has been penciled in for this. Uh, very lightly raced, uh, both over hurdles and and over fences. So he's he's got considerable scope to improve um, so yeah I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't put it off he'd be he'd be one for any shortlist really he ran a good race when he was um, back in the EBF final the season before last 
Um, obviously a Grade Two winner. As an obvious, yesterday won. Yesterday won the Grade Two at Doncaster, which in which of all the gin joints was favourite and disappointed and bombed out. Yeah, no December novices chased the Grade Two over three miles. So uh, they've obviously locked horns before. Um, and again, as, as we've already alluded to, and earlier a couple of races, Fergal O'Brien's has been in flying form throughout the whole season. So um, yeah, there's, there's just plenty to like about him. I say a second run since the wind up, and I think that Chepstow run should have put him spot on. So I can see why he's a short price. Yeah. That makes me very very happy because I was quite confident about him. But the more you were talking, I was going, oh, should I, should I deviate? But no, I'm sticking with Hurricane Harvey. Um, no, I'm, I'm quite keen on him, but I was just, I wondered what you made of that comeback run over at the inadequate trip. And, um, second run after a wind up can be in, interesting, but Fergal's horses are in tremendous form, and I really hope he runs a massive race. That is the 60th edition of the Badger Ales, uh, handicap chase, uh, which you can bet on with the final Fordham podcast betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Uh, you might have played Kaluki, actually. You ever played Jim Rummy? Rummy, me, yeah. Uh, no, I'm lost on that one. Oh man, um, I used to play it uh, back in the day. Uh, Card game, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I used to play something like that with me now. That's gone back a while now, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a card player now. Though. Not, uh, not since uh, me. Not for si- a while. Not, not since, uh, not, 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 not since, since me now and clean me out as a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's it. She thought you a valuable lesson. That's what you're. Not. She did. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, no, I still play poker, but on, only with the lads. Um, uh, I used to commentate on it and loved doing it, and was actually going to do it again until Rona hit. Uh, but uh, that, yeah, that's the definition of of Kaluki is um, is rummy. So it's K A L O O K I. And there's a reason. As in the, as in the horse train by Philip Hobbs. Exactly. We could have gone that way as well. I was saving that for next week, go. but there you go. You've spoiled it. Oh, Thanks very much. Uh, it's grand. You know, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. It's fine. It's grand. Uh, to be fair, I didn't send you a script saying don't mention that. So it's okay. Uh, KalukiSportsbook.co.uk. Why did we team up with Kaluki? I'll tell you why. Because they don't have casino. They don't mess around with casinos. Uh, you can open your account with them today on their website. You just fill in an application. You'll be approved within minutes. There's a sign-up bonus, which is matched to 25 sovereigns or euro, depending on where which country you're in, uh, United Kingdom, Ireland. Uh, you get immediate interaction with experienced traders. You're not just clicking through a site. You're actually talking to real-time traders. They also offer betting on all sports with best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. They take bets on every sport. NFL, but like I said, no casino facilities, and it's something that really, really pisses me off. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Paul, but have you been on your whatever account it is that you're allowed to still bet with, and all of a sudden, as you transition from the NFL to horse racing, a, a casino game opens up out of nowhere? Because that's... I don't know. I can't I've noticed it. Let's be honest. That has happened to, if that's happened to you, let us know. Do let us know, because uh, it's happened to, to me and it's happened to a few friends as well, and it's just it's like what, what, why? Well, I know why. Um, sports books want you betting with with casinos because the house always wins. That's why. And look, if you want to do it recreationally, that's fine. 
But quite frankly, it's just not something I'm comfortable with. Poker, skill-based game. Roulette, bit of fun. Yeah. Not comfortable with it in terms of sports books. Instant withdrawals. You have not, you don't have to wait two or three days to get your money. You don't have to uh, supply all this information to them. You're not going to have to jump through hoops for your cash. You get it instantly. They'll be taking bets on the Breeders' Cup as well. And our Breeders' Cup preview is live. Naomi Tucker, Tim Carroll from Sky Sports Racing, and Peter Fornital from Sky Sports Racing, who both explain at the start of the show why they are never allowed to work with each other again on air. Naomi and I honestly didn't know the story beforehand. We allowed them to tell it, and uh, it was funnier than we thought. Um, so the show starts off a bit bonkers, but yeah, it, some brilliant insights from the lads, including a 20 to 1. Very confident tip from Peter Fornatel, which the Kaluki boys might not be too pleased about if you're uh, landing that one, but they'll, they're, a, they're a good bunch. Um, so they're taking bets on the Breeders' Cup. They're ready and waiting, waiting for you now. You can get onto their Twitter page to see the daily boosts that they're offering. K-A-L-O-O-K-I-R on Twitter. So obviously at. And uh, Kaluki Racing have also got pitches at race courses all across the United Kingdom, Look, some betters and some punters see casinos as a benefit. They see the offer of free spins as a benefit. Don't do your brains on the slots. Don't do your brains on roulette. Bet with Kaluki Sports. They're fair. They're generous. More than generous. And um, they will take a bet. And they'll lay a bet. And they'll give you a good price. So get involved. Kaluki Sportsbook.co.uk. That's K-A-L-O-O-K-I. Kaluki Sportsbook.co.uk. And uh, they will be betting on the Elite Hurdle, which is the last race that we're talking about from Wing Canton. So uh, we're going to see Goshen in action here, not along with a number of other horses. Uh, so Royal currently heads the betting, uh, as I am talking to you, at 11 to 8. I'm seeing six to five with most firms. Kaluki going eleven to eight about So Royal. Um, it's nine to four about Goshen, which is industry top price as well. Fifteen to two Belfast Banter, industry top price. Uh, Ten to one Christopher Wood. Eleven to one Soul Pretender. Sixteen to one uh, Takani, and then thirty-three to one Hatcher. Right, is this where Goshen gets his career back on track, or is the quite lovable Soul Royal? Going to have a little bit too much for him after um, the benefit of a run. Uh, it would be nice to see Goshen come out and win, but at the same time, it would also be nice to see Belfast Banter be able to step up into uh, Grade 2 company after winning and proving what he could do at, uh, at Aintree in Grade 1 company uh, and come out and win after disappointing at, uh, at Galway and then falling at Listole, uh last time out. So what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, earlier in the week when going through the entries, I thought the race was obviously the ideal starting point for Goshen, to be honest, right-handed track, bolted up um, in the Kingwell earlier in the year. Uh, but the more I've got, the closer we've got to the race and the way the weather forecast is, just think that the ground conditions might just favour so Royal on Saturday. And as you say, he's got the benefits of having that run where he won impressively, uh, beating Silver Streak at Kempton. So um, Goshen's obviously going to try and get it get a freebie out in front. Um, but really, it's just going to give Soul Royal a toe into the race. So if the rain, if, it, if there would have been rain and it would have been on the east side, I think 
Goshen would have took some pegging back, but I think on the on the lightly ground, um, I definitely think he's better with a little bit of give underfoot. Um, and I think so Royal with that benefit of that run uh, might just track him and might just have too much pace and race fitness for him at the business end of the race. And what about Belfast Banter coming over from Ireland? Um, does obviously at Cheltenham he won on good to soft at Aintree, he won at grade one yeah. and good to soft. So he's taken that jump from handicap company into grade one company. Um, as I said, he, he disappointed in the Galway hurdle when fancied and last time out, there's not a whole lot you can do uh, when he was in rear and, and fell. So do you give him a chance? Uh, yeah. It, yeah. As I said, I think I've said, I think I said it might have been last time I was on a time before he's also, I got completely wrong last year, to be honest, because um, when he was coming over to uh, run in the handicap just before Christmas against uh, Ascot and I was talking through the race with Jess because she had buzz running in the race and I kind of dismissed him and he came there swinging and I thought I was going to um, regret my comments but he, he made me eat my words by winning um, the county hurdle he was impressive that day and obviously as you say he took the step forward uh, to win the top novices hurdle and um, yeah I think that I think the race will suit him because I think he likes to come off a strong pace he'll get that with Goshen so I think he'll sit with so Royal and track um, the pacing behind I don't think that the ground will be an issue to him um, but yeah say he's obviously got a bounce back because he was beaten when he was um, when he came down last time at, at Listall um, and he only finished midfield in the goal with the goal we early can forgive any horse because it can yeah. be a rough race I think at times so um, I wouldn't be too critical on that, on that evidence I think this will give him a, this gives him a good opportunity to prove himself in a better light as you say so um, but for me I've got to take another step forward to reach the level of even so royal so um, while I think the race might be run to suit again Sol Pretend is another horse who, who'll try, who, who I imagine the race will be run to suit he'll like the pace the coach will set he'll like the good ground if, if the ground doesn't indeed stay good um, but I do think think that those two are a little bit behind the level of Goshen and so royal so I'd have it between the two and as I say I just think that on the likely prevailing conditions with that race under his belt um, I think so Royal he's, of course he's won this race twice he won it last year but he won it back in 2016 as well so that's right um, I think he can give Alan King a third within the race mm. I'm tending to agree with you to be honest because as much as I like Belfast Banter and the 15 to 2 like I'm seeing 6 to 1 and, and Kaluki Sportsbook are going 15 to 2 about Belfast Banter that might be a little bit too generous but that being said he would have been placed at best last time out before the fall. Um, and it was a heavy fall he took. Now, he's had 43 days to recover from it by the time of the race, and they are coming over for the race. So it, that's intriguing. But Sorrell is, is probably the the sensible play. And I just wonder if Sorrell is going to... I mean, you're getting a very fair price with... Um, if you if you want to take a short price and uh, and you like him, considering... Does a lot of firms go on evens and six to five when Kaluki Sportsbook are going 11 to eight? You're doing well there uh, if you're happy enough to take that price. But I, I wonder if that market might change. I, might, I wonder if there might be support for Goshen on the day. Um, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Uh, before we talk about Paul Ferguson's favorite subject, flat racing. When I said, Paul, we're, we're going to talk about the November handicap today, he's like, <sighs> Yeah, I went through the form of it. All right, I thought we might have to. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the Breeders' oh, Cup is on I this weekend, man. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say I went through the form. I said I'd give it a cursory glance when you said we have to look <laughs> Actually, at it. Actually, that is what you said. <laughs> I said it's what you said. You said I gave it a cursory glance. <laughs> oh god. Um but is it, don't it's okay because he's got the winner for you. Uh but at Nace we will have the fishery lane hurdle, no prices uh, from anybody because um, that's just how it is with Irish racing. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating because it's going to tell us a, a little bit of something. We're going to see Quilixius, the Triumph Hurdle winner, who got stuffed at Punchestown by Jeff Kidder. And in the to- 10 to follow preview, we actually talk about Jeff Kidder and the fact that the hilarious thing about him is given the fact that he won at Cheltenham in the Fred Winter, and he then goes to Punchestown, uh, he goes to Ferry House, wins, goes to Punchestown, wins in graded company, um, beats uh, Zanahir and obviously Galixios, so he's beating all the right horses. Uh, you're thinking to yourself, this fellow's an absolute solid moral on the flat. Three times he gets beaten to the point that his mark of 65, which looked very well handicapped, has dropped to below 63. So maybe Noel Mead will land a no-touch with him in Dundalk or something, I don't know. But uh, clearly he's just much better over hurdles. Uh, Dennis O'Regan will be on board. Um, Rachel Blackmore is not going to Liverpool. She stays in Ireland. Uh, obviously she wants to be on board. Uh, Quilixius. And um, they're the they're, look, they're the stars of the show. and It's going to be a fascinating clash. Uh, it is, yeah. I'd like to see um, Quilixius bounce back, to be honest. I'm pretty sure, obviously, as most people, I don't think he ran his race um, at Punchestown. Um, but, yeah, I think I think if there's one one of those also who can step up into greater company against their elders after this race, I think it'd be Quilixius. So I'd like to see him bounce back and win. I think I think as the season goes on, I think we might see him step up and trip a little bit. I'm not sure. So sure he'll be a champion at Edelhorst myself, but um, time will tell in that regard. Obviously, Rachel and Henry have got um, Captain Guinness in the Poplar Square chase and an exciting novice chaser making his debut later on the card in the shape of Mr. Incredible is also. Yeah, do you want to talk about those now, actually? And we'll, we'll talk about the, the flat race last, so we'll, we'll move the November handicap to last because they are... Yeah. They, it's just the excitement is still in your voice there because they are um, <laughs> very, very <laughs> intriguing runners. Yeah, again, Captain Guinness is a bit of a also on somewhat of a retrieval mission and um, think of the start of last year a lot of people would have had him in, in mind as a as a top class novice chase prospect such was um, he only had the three starts over hurdle and he was still going well if you remember in that supreme novice hurdle of 2020 when he was brought down and there's a bit of carnage in behind Shishkin coming down the hill um, he was pulled up on his chase debut he had an issue that day didn't he and then he came back and won a punch town he ran well behind an egg I mean um, at Nace and was still going quite well behind him when he fell and then he was just too headstrong um, in the article itself uh, and then he obviously came down again and punched his tail. so um, I think it's a case of getting him back on track but he's, he's up against Andy Dufresne Felix Deji and Darva Star um, on Saturday so that should be an informative race um, our Mr Incredible who just touched upon runs in the two mile three beginners chase which is the 340, which looks a decent, decent contest on paper, uh, especially if either of the uh, first or second reserves, Coccolino or Tori, Graf or Gordon Elliott, make the cut and get into the race. Um, 
but yeah, Mr. Incredible, he's one of my leading prospects this year and is probably one one of the horses I'm most looking forward to seeing this weekend. Bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. The horse that he is most excited about seeing for the weekend. Um, Mr. Incredible. And um, it's a pretty useful mare's bumper at the last with some interesting entries in there as well. Uh, so it's a it's a decent card at Nace, and it's a it's a decent card at, at Navin as well. I'll do you a real favor. We'll keep going with it um, because we have the here's the problem. We have no idea who's actually going to line up in the tote for Tria Chase. Uh, I would love this to be called the Moscow Flyer Chase, but anyway, here we go. Uh, the Grade Two, but we got uh, you were alluding to Felix Deji in Hardline. Um, I'd love to see Easy Game come out and win this race. I just would love to because he's one of my favorite horses in training. But um, there's also the Liz Mullen Hurdle, where more importantly, I think we'll see Flooring Porter, Abracadabras, who ran such an incredible race to down Boz in the entry hurdle, uh, and then ran a monstrous race behind uh, Honeysuckle uh, when dropped in trip. I mean, it was 14 lengths, but come on. The horse had a, a long enough old campaign. Um, and I wouldn't put Guan Roy out of it, the ex-Nicky uh, Anderson horse. I thought he was really impressive at Limerick. Uh, maybe he does need heavy ground. Um, it's currently good to yielding, but uh, Flooring Porter back in action. So Cheltenham Festival hero, Danny Mullins' first winner at the festival, and an entry hero in uh, Abercadabras. That's shaping up to be a, a really intriguing race if both of them line up with Sarah de Berle and Durasso and others in there as well. Yeah, Mrs. Milner's in there as well, obviously another festival winner. Um, Royal Kahala, another decent mare. She was a novice last season, but yeah, that's got the making of a good race. I, I actually wonder if Abacadabras would, could he even be given a, given a chance of heading down the stairs at Roost at some stage. I, I actually, obviously... Um, I was there on the entry hurdle with Barbara for brewing up a storm run and he was the one I was concerned of if he got home. I didn't, I'd never really thought of him as, as I'd never really thought of him of a horse who really wanted two and a half. It was a bit of a funny run race that the entry hurdle. Um, I think they all kind of found themselves, or some of them found themselves in front when um, Jason and Milton got, got rid of Rachel down the backside and I think, not sure totally if that, if that form will stand up but um, he done it there, and I thought he, he might start off in the Liz Mullen hurdle. Um, and then if 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 Abracadabras were to win, I just wonder if they'd try and hunt him around over three miles, maybe. Because um, you've seen that done before with horses from out the back, certainly when you get to the stairs at Cheltenham on that new course, it suits the hold up performer. And horses going, who have gone up in trip, who have been formerly decent, high class over two miles, have a good record in the race. So it's just something I'd be interested in going forward from Sunday, whether, whether they might actually consider having a little look down that route. It would make sense. Uh, it would make sense given his, his age profile. I can ask Gordon on Saturday. We have the... Yeah, I think I think if they... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he comes out and wins on Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised if they enter them in the, the Christmas hurdle over three miles at Leopardstown. Mm. And then it, obviously, if he stays, he stays. He can go to Cheltenham. If not, they've got the backup plan of going back to H3 for the race he won last year. So um, it'd be interesting. He doesn't look like a horse who... Who's going to win a champion hurdle, is he? So, no, I think I think I'll be I'll be trying to explore other routes of Irish. I thought they might have gone chasing with him, but um, obviously there's graded prizes to be won over hurdles, and um, he, he's he's got the ability. as we know, like he's got the ability for the top level. Yeah, you just have to wonder about 
I mean, if if he can hold his form, if Flooring Porter is is able to continue doing what he's been doing, like slamming the boss's Oscar, the storyteller, and then going to Cheltenham and like absolutely bashing them all up, um, with a brilliant ride from Danny, but you know, doing what Jonathan Moore had told him to do, and what Gavin Cromwell had yeah. told him to do, if he's able to hold that form, like just ignore Punchestown, like that. Oftentimes, Cheltenham horses, Cheltenham heroes just disappoint at um, at Punchestown. Just ignore it. Uh, yeah. And he he's going to go out and he's going to make all the running again. So if they can't peg him back, then suddenly he's probably the, the rightfully the leading contender for the Stairs Hurdle, as opposed to it, off the back of my... Is Time Hill Antipo's favourite? He is, yeah. And he's, of course, he has declared that we should actually... Maybe we should skip the November handicap and look at the 250 at Otoy where he runs on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about the 250 at Otoy where Time Hill runs. Paul, Philip Hobbs geniusly going for lots of French gravy. He is, yeah. Yeah, no, good on them. Um, I know a couple of his owners, the um, the Haywood brothers, so I wish them the best of luck because it's, uh, it's an ambitious tilt to go over there, but the, the money's there. Um, fair play to him. I say Phillips, another trainer. Um, we haven't really touched on who's, who's turned his form inside out at the start of this season. He had a brilliant chep, though. Um, so, yeah, time help at the minute sets the standard. But as you say, uh, Floor and Porter would be the one for you. It could be, could be a big day for Gavin Cromwell on Sunday because, of course, um, the foot auction, novice hurdle of grade three. He's got my mate Mozzie entered there. I thought he was really impressive on debut at Punchestown. Um, there probably wasn't too much depth in behind, but Barbados came out and ran well in the uh, back on the flat last week. Um, and I just loved the way he went through the race and he was he attacked his hurdles and he, he's he's one I'd really like to see again. And I would imagine while the ground isn't too bad, I think at the minute they're saying it's good to yield and now if that's the case, I would expect them to run because Gavin went on record after the Punchestown race saying that he wouldn't want deep ground in the middle of the winter. Um so I'd expect them to go for this graded race on Sunday while while conditions were favourable, and then he might get a mid-season break. But he, he was really impressive, I thought, on debut. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, just to go back to France for a quick second, uh, Rev de Savola, Zarkander, 1,000 stars, um, three in a row for UK and Ireland, 2013, 2014, 2015. 1,000 stars was 11, by the way. What a hero 1,000 stars was. Um, but uh, Gallup Marine has won this race for the last three years. Wasn't favourite last year, um, but has been absolutely trounced by the new superstar of French jumps racing, who, uh, good luck trying to acquire this one. Cue him rocking up at Willy Mullins Yard now, or her rocking up at Willy Mullins Yard, yeah. Uh, Leo Tomouni. I have no idea. I'm just going to go with that. Uh, this horse yeah, is just... That sounds been... good, actually. It sounds good. Thank you. I think if you just say it with confidence and quickly enough, you yes. might just get away with it. But I always then just draw attention to that. So, Leo Domini um, for France one Golf. She's obviously in the race. She's in the race on Saturday. Yeah, that's also. the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she's been yeah, destroying yeah, everything. Like she's she's absolutely doffed up uh, Gallup Marine, the winner of this race for the last three years by six lengths. Um, she's then gone and won by eight lengths, won by thirty lengths six lengths and um, 
got her her season. She started in September for this season and had a win on the 10th of October, just 27 days ago, by the time the race comes around, uh, where she comfortably won by, by four and a half lengths. So the French could have a, a really interesting... I mean, she she's the one who obviously sets the standard because she's going to get that little bit of weight allowance as well. Uh, and she's familiar with French racing. She's on home territory, and it's you know the way French racing is run is is quite different. Um, that being said, if if Time Hill comes out and wins, fair play. Uh, I mean, if he finishes second, they're getting sixty eight grand in prize money. If he wins, it's one hundred and forty thousand. So well done to them for going over. I'm I'm delighted they're doing it, and um, uh, it'll give us a good indication of of what's to come. And also might tell us if Francois Nicole will would consider coming to Cheltenham if if he's going to be looking at the the stairs um for this French horse because it would be nice to have a Barracuda again coming back over. Um it would, it would be, it's, it's unusual a lot a lot of the French trainers just campaign and their calendar's slightly different to ours and not the the campaign in the spring then they have a break and then come back like you say come back early autumn. Yeah, she's had the two runs September, October, gearing up for this race again. It's it's a slightly the calendar's completely different over there, and obviously a lot more money, a lot of races, a lot more valuable. So, um, unfortunately, I think nowadays it's it's not as common as it was when Francois Dumas used to come over quite quite often. Yeah, even Jardacoche um, is probably a better example because I'm pretty certain Jardacoche was owned by French owners, but JP did own. First gold, and he owned Barracuda, and um, some yeah, true, yeah. yeah, and he even the cross country horse that um, destroyed Tiger Roll that day, uh, like you know that had, that horse had been purchased by JP, um, so we'll we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. But if if Francois Nicole beats uh, Francois Nicole beats Time Hill, then surely surely they have to say, okay, we're going to come to Cheltenham if. If Kerry Bryant... And go for the mayor's race. And go for the mayor's race. <laughs> <laughs> imagine poor Kerry Bryant's face? If Kerry Bryant finds out that this like monster of a French mayor is going to be taking on her monster of an American mayor who is an ex-Irish point-to-pointer bought direct from the point-to-point fields, uh, the mean queen, and that they're both going to face each other at, at Cheltenham. What, what happens if it's a case of that it's the American and the French that actually head the betting um, and uh, are the ones that are impressing everybody. And Willie doesn't actually have a, a superstar mayor and neither does Gordon and neither does Paul. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Yeah, re re honeysuckle to beat them then. <laughs> step, step honeysuckle up half a mile. We'll put you up, in your place. Up and trip to beat them. You yeah, cheese-eating yeah. surrender monkeys, we'll put you in your place. <laughs> coming over here. Americans coming here to win our jumps races, embarrassing us. Uh, no, Kerry Bryan's an absolute star. And by the way, look, Breeders' Cup is on this weekend. There's some massive jumps racing action in the States as well. And Kerry has horses running in pretty much all of the grade one action. The best look to Kerry, because I know that we have a lot of uh, US-based listeners. So uh, shout out to you all. Enjoy the Breeders' Cup and uh, enjoy the, the jumping action as well. I've waited long enough for you. Got to talk about the November handicap. Sorry, mate. We got to do it. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. With Kaluki Sportsbook, First Light is your 8-1 to favorite for John and Thady Gosden from East Asia, who is 9-1, to representing Ian Williams. You then got Calling Wind at 10s, along with Mr. Curiosity and Sam Cook. 12s about Global Storm and Flying Solo. 
and uh, Nui Saint George, who I'm uh, quite interested in, is uh, is 16s. Uh, right, your cursory glance at the race. Who did you come up with? Uh, yeah, I can I, I can appreciate why First Light is um, is top of the market. Uh, Three year old getting the allowances um, for John Gosden. I think if you go back on to his penultimate run. Um, when he defeated Dushan, who's also I liked earlier in the season. I think that's a fairly strong piece of form from Ascot. Um, goes on soft ground, so conditions should be fine. So, um, yeah, I can see him going well. The, the one, when I had, say when I had that in-depth look for you, when you told me we were going to go through the race, um, a little bit further down, a slightly bigger price. Also, I've, I've been interested in for the past couple of years, actually, uh, Sam Cook gets his conditions. He was he was beaten last time. Um, that Newbury over a mile and two, I think stepping back up and trip will suit him. And although he won at York on good to firm ground, the one day I left him alone at mm. 14 to one, oh. <laughs> having been bigger odds earlier in the day and overnight. Um, I think he is best best with a bit of cut in the ground. He won he um, he won on he won on soft ground earlier in his career. Um, and he's just won. They say I just think he does he does throw in the odd disappointing run. He's not the most consistent of horses, but um, if he's on a go and day a mile four on soft ground I have found down as his optimum conditions so um, without having spent too much time on the race he would be my um, my selection each way that's amazing because he's my second selection there you go that's genuinely amazing um, that Sam Cook is my is my second selection I, th- I thought he has a big big chance but I ultimately came down on Nuit Saint George uh, I just think that this race shapes up very nicely for him um, I think that I'm a big fan of David Manoussier as as a trainer, and I got to talk to him on Talksport um, about a month ago. He he really struggled for form there for a little bit, but um, he got him back with uh, two wins in May and June. Um, he's kind of gone off the boil again, but with a fifty six day break. And Sean Levy booked. I think he can bounce back. Uh, and I think that he is the kind of horse that might end up drifting on the day. Actually, I think that he's the kind of horse that might just be a little bit bigger than the, the current prize. You can get, I think the maximum is 18s. Kaluki, you guys, surely you'll go bigger. Surely you'll go to him. You're Trader 4? 20s? Can we ask for twenties? Nui Saint George for me. I think you'll you'll get bigger, and I think that I just place my my trust in David Manusio to get him back after the two big defeats. But he's a he's a huge player in my mind, and um, second selection, bizarrely enough, for a man who looked at it and just went uh, that one is uh, Sam Cook uh, <laughs> with Paul Ferguson. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, I don't know what to say to you other than it's gold. It's such a great read. And it's a serious weapon that you need in your arsenal. Paul Ferguson's Jumpers to Follow 2021-2022. The digital edition is $9.95. The book is $11.95. You can get them all combined in a bundle as well, which is a very, very, very fair offer too. And there is the final Furlong podcast, Weatherby's Discount, which Paul Ferguson is... JTF21FF. There we go.
on the Tote 10 to Follow podcast, we have a competition uh, to celebrate the fact that it's the most listened to year of the Final Follow podcast ever. And the year's not over. And uh, we joined Spotify and asking people to move from SoundCloud to Spotify isn't always the easiest of things to do. And yet you've done it. And the listenership in the UK is 73% of our audience. It's incredible. And the numbers are just, just mind-blowingly big. So uh, to celebrate, we're giving away seven personalized Final Furlan podcast mugs to win. All you have to do is tweet a picture, a screen grab of the podcast app that you listen to the Final Furlan podcast on, where you have clicked. I should say follow because it's on Spotify. It's follow. So we should say that, Paul. 80% of our audience comes from Apple Podcasts. So if you take a screen grab of Whichever podcast app it is you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Player FM, CastBox, Podbean, whoever. Screenshot, follow button being pushed for Final Front Podcast. Subscribe, like, whichever one that podcast app wants. Tweet it to us using the hashtag FFPComp and seven individual winners will be picked and you will get personalized Final Furlong podcast mugs like Chris Kelly, like Sophie Beechner, like uh, so many others. Like Naomi Tucker has been sent one as well. Hashtag FFP comp with a screenshot of you following the Final Furlong podcast on your podcast app. And uh, we'll announce the winner at some point next week. I think maybe the week after um, is how we're going to do that. Listen out for the Final Furlong podcast. Tend to follow some gold info there from Roy Delargy and Jamie Benson. Our Breeders' Cup special, of course, as well. If you want to get involved in the Breeders' Cup, we got some big, big tips for you. Right, that's it. Uh, we are done. Uh, get on to weatherbeesshop.co.uk if you haven't already and get yourself Paul Ferguson's Jumpers to Follow 2021, 2022. It is essential and I am under no obligation whatsoever to promote this. But Paul's weekly diary is gold reading as well. And that's available online and available there too. And if you, just for those who haven't heard about it yet, Paul, just to briefly explain it. Uh, yeah, basically it's just my weekly diary or what I've been up to looking ahead um, at any of the horses running from the book over that weekend and what's been in action, dissecting and looking back at the performances, either if they've won or been beat um, and where they might go. And especially we spend more detail on the leading prospects. Obviously, if there's a couple run at the, the weekend, it'll be looking at the, um, the the ground conditions, the course and the opposition. So it's obviously just a bit more detailed than what's in the book and so on and so forth about being racing, the paddock notes, um, stuff for the first one and uh, the first updates of the year was chock full of horses additional horses to follow from various stable visits so obviously if you sign up you'll be able to read the back-to-back issues so there's plenty in there in that first issue just to, for additional horses to follow to go in the notebook weatherbyshop.co.uk and that gravy train discount for the final forum podcast army is uh, it's jtf21ff paul ferguson Absolute legend. Looking forward to having you back on the show very, very soon. We'll be reviewing the weekend's jumping action on Monday. We'll also be reviewing the Breeders' Cup with Naomi Tucker. Uh, Looking forward to that. We'll get to see if Walton Street did or didn't do the business. Does she still have her Cartier watch or did she lose it? If you haven't listened to the Breeders' Cup special yet, you're missing out. And uh, break down the jumps racing separately because Paul would just be like, what what, what, what are they doing? You can't put the two together. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so, so much for uh, the support on Spotify and various podcast apps as well. Just whatever podcast app you're listening to is on. We're, um, We're independent media. It means a lot. Thank you so, so much. Take care. Have a great weekend. Paul Ferguson's best bet is... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm worried he might be a little bit short, but my mate Mozzie on Sunday. Um, hopefully, Gordon will put a couple in there against them to help make the market. But I think if the ground's decent, I think he'll take a fair bit of pegging. I'll just mention one more race, sorry, before I go. Yeah. Sandown, one o'clock on Sunday. Um, the potentially informative no- novices handicap chase. Um, it's often a good race, this, and there's some good entries. JBY would be a horse that um, I'd be interested in where he, wherever he makes his debut, but the one who does stand out in the same colours as Goshen. So perhaps if he's beaten on Saturday, um, Steve Packham and Gary Moore um, will gain some compensation with 50 ball. Um, he was well beaten in the county the last season, but he only faded late on. And the time before, um, he'd finished second behind Soul and Glory in the Beffer hurdle. That form has already worked out really well this season. Obviously, Soul and Glory won last week. Annual Invictus won at Cheltenham. Bozo won the Cesarowicz. Guard Your Dreams um, won a Cheltenham handicap. So that form looks rock solid. Uh, he looks the type to take defences. And I think he will make up into a nice handicap chaser for Gary Moore. So if he runs 50 ball, there's another one to be interested in on Sunday. I like it a lot. Uh, I will go for Louis St. George, Rose of Arcadia, Hurricane Harvey, if the cap fits. Lucky 15. See you in Dubai. Uh, throwing Glown Thorn at the Breeders' Cup. I could say it, but that would take away from the show. Listen to the Breeders' Cup special and you'll find out the 21 shot and the horses that we really like in this lesson. From Paul Ferguson and from me, Emma Kennedy, thank you so, so much for listening. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll chat to you on Monday. Thank you for listening. Keep an eye out for the Tote 10 to Follow special that's coming your way. Be safe, be well. Good luck. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app and get involved today. All About Sunday, we love racing. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook, the market-leading messenger betting service, providing best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing, plus with the option of instant withdrawals. Visit kalukisportsbook.com to sign up now.